Hello, I'm Katie Hines and welcome back to Jungle Confidential, the male's podcast and your place to hear all of the I'm a Celeb gossip. Last night, not enough food and rows over who will sleep in the hammock prompted a bit of irritation amongst the usually friendly camp. Boy George got humpy that Scarlett asked him about his handcuffing incident, of course he was sent to prison for that, um, and accused her of intervening unfairly when he was asking Matt difficult questions about politics. Meanwhile, all campmates were subjected to the unfair funfair, although I thought that looked rather fun. Now we're getting close to the first eviction, which is of course tomorrow night, and the family members are now flying in. Matt Hancock's girlfriend Gina arrived yesterday to get him out of there. She's all ready to meet him at the bridge. I think he's looking forward to seeing her too. To go through the last 24 hours of the show, I'm joined by 2011 contestant Pat Sharp. When he was in the jungle, he was very much renowned for speaking his mind and being himself, something we're now seeing a bit more of as we hit day 12 of the series. Morning, Pat. Last night, we saw food become a real issue. Obviously, Chris Moyles hasn't been the best contestant in terms of his Bush Tucker trials, has he? He's not exactly brought home the stars, which has meant less to eat. How much is food shortage a factor of disagreements amongst the campmates? I mean, it does affect everybody, Katie. We don't get the food. I mean, Chris is, is my pal, has been for many, many decades. And um, it's really nice to have somebody in there who you actually know because you watch them and you think, how, oh, you know, one, I've been there, and two, I know how he feels, and three, I'm a bit worried because, um, you know, he used to be a big guy and now he's wasting away. <laughs> he was He's skinny anyway, as you know, these days. He's lost um, a lot of weight. Um, but for everybody there, people will get tetchy and they don't have food, and that's what starts people off to perhaps uh, say things that they perhaps wouldn't have said if they'd had a big meal, because with a big meal and a few drinks, probably just be going, oh, this is great, isn't it? Are we having a good time? But they're starving, and they're starving. They're certainly hungry anyway. All I remember is, is that I lost about one and a half stone in there, and I'm a pretty slim guy. Anyway. I think that when you don't get the food, the big issue is you will get a little bit stroppy with people because you are just uh, not feeling great in yourself. But they, they are quite a happy camp, aren't they? I mean, in previous years, there's been many fallouts. Uh, we're you know, approaching day 12. There's been a lot of rowing up until now. But I really see this now as being as things are going to turn. I mean, people are getting hangry, aren't they? Just how... Just how hungry do you get? I mean, to me, it, it sounds awful. I mean, that small amount of food every day it would make me so aggy. Well, you don't only get hungry. You actually get bored of even the food that you do get because it's really not tasty. There is no flavouring of any kind. So you just get on with it and you're just chewing something in the end in the hope that it will go into your stomach and, and make you feel all right. But it's not dangerous to, you know, the amount of food you get, but you will lose weight in there. Everybody will lose weight. Everybody does lose weight. But it's a situation which you just have to live with because people always say to me whenever they say, oh, you hit the jungle, didn't you? And I go, yeah, they go, so do you get pizzas given to you from behind the trees? Everybody says that. And you go, no, you don't get anything. And even what you do get isn't great and it's not tasty. There's nothing delicious at all to eat for days or weeks, depending on how long you're in there. And wasn't it Harry Redknapp that said he thought that they'd be giving you bacon sandwiches behind behind the scenes? And he was quite surprised when he got there and they didn't. Absolutely. I think a number of people probably thought you'd get help. I think at one point, and I'm sure I'm not breaking any rules here of the, of the show by saying this, but at one point I was given a Barocca in my water 
to put into it to actually sort of pep me up a little bit because I was fading. And um, there were people who were a lot stronger than me in my year who had issues where a doctor or a med of some kind had to be called in to check them over because they were they were fading. You know, they were they were dehydrated and they were having problems and there there is issues. And that's why when you go and do one of those daytime trials or you go and do even one of the uh, the Bush Tucker trials. It's not like you see it on the TV where you suddenly say, well, off you go, and they walk across the bridge and then you see them walking into the clearing and there's Anton Dick. I can remember walking for 50 minutes to get to where I had to go. And even then, I had to wait probably another half an hour, an hour and a half after that to uh, before I started doing the trial, by which time you've got no energy at all and it's really difficult to complete the trials. Remember, you know, if you were in tip-top shape and had had a good breakfast and went and did one of these trials and it was indoors and the conditions were right, you'd probably do a lot better than you are there because you are actually, you know, you're run down. It's tiring. It's tiring doing nothing a lot of the time as well. And I think that's something that the viewers don't appreciate, isn't it? That those bush tucker trials do take up your whole day. Um, I mean, I have to say, I, I really, I really wonder why anyone does this does this show. It sounds absolutely horrendous. Now we saw Chris come back last night with one star. I mean, he really struggled, didn't he? That that task was awful. When somebody comes back with one star or not many stars, the rest of the camp are obviously very nice and they like Chris a lot, don't they? They they really really like him. But surely there's part of you that's like, oh no, really. Like there must be, you know, is it a real crestfallen moment when that happens? Well, I suppose inside, probably certainly Owen just feels even more hungry than he was beforehand because uh, he needs to uh, feed that super body of his. But in general, <laughs> you just have to get on with it. And, and that's the problem. You, if you're not getting any food and you're having to share that small fish, which I think Owen thought was a salmon, at the end of the day, you just get on with it and you will be hungry and your stomach will, uh, will make lots of noises during the day and you'll have to look forward to maybe one of those treats. And I can remember going on a dingo dollar challenge of some kind, you know, as it was during the day, not an actual um, trial, and coming back with some cupcakes and hot chocolate and things like that. And in a way, that doesn't do you any favours because it gives you a taste of the real world that you're used to. So you're better off just eating the, the awful food because there is, there is no good food, there is no good taste. I don't think. I mean, mind you, I have to say, sometimes people in this one have been saying, oh, wow, that dinner was delicious. That was so tasty. I think you, you learn to expect less because you know you're not actually, you know, you, know, you haven't got a fridge and you're not uh, you know, able to just go and grab an apple or a banana or a piece of cake. There is just none of that. Mm. There's nothing mm. there. So you're grateful for everything. And even the rice tastes okay because that's what you're getting and that's the most you're getting. So on to other domestic matters. There was a, a bit of a to-do, wasn't there, over a hammock last night? I mean, those hammocks do look pretty uncomfortable. How uncomfortable are they? I tried a hammock. It was really uncomfortable. I thought, there's no way I can sleep in this. And so I asked if I could have a bed and everybody said, yeah, you can have that one if you want. And then people just adapted and did what they did. So arguing about not sleeping in the RV and stuff is very odd, isn't it? Because it seems like a great opportunity. Do you think that perhaps they don't want to sleep in the RV because Matt's in there? Who knows? I mean, <laughs> who knows? I don't know. I'm, I'm not there. And, um, you know, this is not my year and not my turn. I had my people. They had me. And either way, whoever's in the jungle must always realise whether they're Matt or whether there's somebody with Matt or whether there's somebody from... The first year when 
you know, my pal Tony Blackburn did it and won it. Mm. At the end of the day, you are one of a very elite crew of not many people who've had the privilege of doing that. And it really is a privilege because if there's a noise of some kind from an animal and you wake up at night and you hear like a little mad noise, and you still wake up, open one eye and then think, wow, am I really here? And if you, as, as you look up, you might see like a camera suddenly go like, and start pointing at you and you'll think, yep, that's watching me. I am here. Now, when you were in the jungle, you totally spoke your mind, didn't you? You very much were you. You didn't try to be something you're not. And I think um, when people do try to be something they're not, it, it doesn't end well, does it? So somebody this year who definitely is being himself is Boy George. You know, last night we saw him. He was really quite upset, wasn't he, that Scarlett asked him about the incident where he, he went to prison for handcuffing a man. You know, he was very open about the fact that he thought that Scarlett had overstepped the mark. However, you know, he's been grilling Matt Hancock over whatever he likes and lambasting him for not answering any questions um, that he wants answered. Do you think Boy George is winning friends or not? From watching it, I think that if... As you say, he wants to find out something from Matt about what went on and what didn't go on with the government and COVID and things like that. And I suppose what's good for the goose is good for the gander, so people should be mm -hmm. able to ask him as well. And that's what that show is all about. But what we have to remember is, and it's a really good point for anyone who's listening to this now, is that we see probably 40 minutes, including all the trials of what goes on. You probably see seven or eight minutes of actual chit-chat of what's gone on over a 24-hour period. So seven or eight minutes leaves 23 hours, 52 minutes of what you don't see. <laughs> yeah. So who knows what's been going on? Who knows what's been said? We don't because we're not seeing it all. That's what hits the, the cutting room floor. But if you don't make the edit, you don't make the storyline. And if you don't make the storyline, no. you're not in the show. And if you're not in the show, they'll just see you sitting on a log and then they'll go, oh, he or she's not doing much. Uh, we'll vote them out. So you're much better to be involved. Yeah. And then you're on the telly and you're enjoying it and you're embracing what you're there for, which is to, I think, to have a bit of fun and enjoy every minute of it. It's such an incredible experience. I loved doing it. It was fantastic. One of the best things I've ever done in my life. Loved it. So your friend Chris, were you surprised to see that he's doing it? Yeah, well, I think Chris has always said he won't do it, especially when he was uh, doing Radio 1 and everything and Anton Deck were always you know, nagging him to do it because he was so high profile. And he said, nah, it's not for me. And I think he generally meant it wasn't for him because as you can probably see, some parts of it he's not enjoying. Certainly when he when he gets on a trial and thing, he finds that quite difficult. It's not really his thing. He's perhaps not the most outdoorsy, adventurous guy and likes his home comforts and does his job and gets up early and is very good at what he does. And then he probably wouldn't go climbing up some sort of, well, mind you, he has climbed Kilimanjaro, so there you go. Just seeing Chris doing these trials and stuff makes me think that perhaps that's why he didn't want to do it and said he didn't want to do it. But, um, you know, he, he's such a nice man. He's such a pleasant man. He's very kind, very caring, very considerate, and he's very amusing in many ways. So it, it's, it's, it's great to see someone you know in there. And, uh, and uh, you know, I hope he, he gets more trials because I think as he gets more, as I did, you know, you kind of think to yourself, you've got to do well. I did really well with my trials. I got lots of stars, um, sometimes a full house every time I did something, because I knew that if I didn't, people would just think, nah, you're, you know, you're, you're a bit rubbish and, and you've just got to do it because there's no point in doing the show unless you give it a go. You've got to give it your best shot. Mm -hmm. Now, Chris didn't get many stars. He only came home with one. But when you watched it, 
you saw he gave it his best shot. He did as well as he could do. And that's what it's all about. Some people will do really well. Other people won't do as well. Some people won't do any trials because they just won't get voted for them. And yet they might have been really good. I am surprised that Mike Tyndall, I don't feel like we've seen his full potential, have we? He, I mean, apart from, you know, his, his very, very tiny swimming trunks that he seems to have a collection of, there's kind of not, no one's really talking about him, which I'm really surprised about because he was a, a clear favourite to win before the show started. I mean, I just wonder why we're not seeing much of him. I think we're not seeing much of him simply because people have realised that anything that gets thrown at him, he's just going to go, yeah, not a problem, here we go. And he's just going to do it. He's going to take everything on board and everything's going to be so easy for him to deal with. He's a clever man, he's a strong man, He's uh, nothing phases him. You can see that from the word go when he had to get underneath that boat that was upside down, you know, that little... <laughs> that, he just went straight in there and went, yeah, yeah, oh, there's a spider, yeah, think, you know, flick that one off my shoulder, let's get on with it, that's what I've got to do. People are thinking, well, I'm not going to vote for him to do something because he's going to do it in a breeze. They want to see people who suffer. In my year, they gave endless trials to Sunita because she panicked from the word go. You know, I went in with, with Sunita, uh, like Matt and Sean, who have gone in, you know, afterwards. And I went in and um, the first night I was in a cave with Sunita and she stood up all night, didn't go to sleep, and was terrified of, of all the things they were putting in this cave. And she just wouldn't go to sleep. She stood up. I went straight to sleep in the corner and snored. <laughs> Yeah, well, so Sunita, Sunita came on the other day, actually, and, you know, she said, I mean, God knows why she did the show. She said she was scared of everything. But but you're right, she made, she would have made good television, and that's why people keep voting. And I think that's as well why people got bored of voting Matt Hancock for trials, wasn't it? Because he did just get on with it. It's, it's a strange thing. It's like people want to see people suffer on it, but they're not really suffering. They're being paid some money and they're in, they're in the warmth, we're in the rain and the cold and, uh, you know, you just get on with it and you're on telly every night. So it's a nice nice thing to do and I don't think there's too much suffering to be done. It's just part of the show that you've signed up to do so you know that you're going to get involved unless, of course, as you say, with, um, with Mike Tyndall and his full potential, as you said, the only full potential we've all seen is, is what's in his uh, swimming trunks. <laughs> Why do people go on there? I mean, obviously, there's the obvious money. Obviously, you know, let's be let's be frank. The money's quite good. What was your reason to do it? Well, I don't know really why they go on. I would say the money is something, but not everybody gets the same money. Agents do negotiations for people, same as Strictly or whatever. And at the end of the day, I think people go on there because they want to be on the show. I think it's a fantastic thing. I remember when they said to me, you're going to do it and you, you go and have your medical and you come back and you go, I'm going, I'm going to Australia. They're going to put me in business class on a plane to Australia. You know, my wife's going to come and we're going to be over there and I'm going to spend some time in the Versace hotel, which you see on the telly. You're going to be on with Anton Deck and, um, it's just, a, it's just a great prestigious thing to do. Why wouldn't anybody want it? I think, I believe there are people who turn it down. You know, I think Chris has turned it down a mm. number of times. Um, now, talking of your wife flying over, um, family members have pretty much all arrived now. I mean, when you're in the jungle, are you thinking constantly, oh, I just can't wait to see my wife? Yeah, I think you, you, you do miss your, your wife, your, your husband, your partner, your, your relatives. You miss everybody because you're so unaware of even the, your football team's results that you just think, 
wow, I'm just so out of touch. What's going on? You know, is everyone okay? So you do really miss your family and your friends and you think, you know, I do need to be back with them. But equally, you also realize you're doing your show and you're being paid to do a job. So it's pretty similar to, to going away for a certain amount of time and, um, you know, getting on with your work. However, at that time, obviously in the evenings or so and so, when you finished your work, you can always call your family or FaceTime them or whatever. But here you can't, there's nothing. You, when you're walking to a trial, there'll be this ranger in front of you who walks with you and they don't even speak to you. You know, you can say, oh, how are you doing? You're right, having a good day. And they just go, there's nothing. And you feel a real like, oh, that's not very nice. And then at one point, I remember he got a message in his ear when I was walking to a trial and he went, held his ear and went, right, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. And he went like that, then he looked at me and obviously there was some kind of delay in setting the trial up. So therefore we had to wait where we were in, before we got into the clearing with Anton Day. And uh, he just looked at me and he went, flicked his fingers, pointed to a rock behind me and I and meant sit. And he just went to me. He didn't say the word sit, but he just pointed down. So I just sat down and he went. And then afterwards, I can also remember at the final party when they have that big party at the end in Kulingeta, mm. I think it is. This guy came up to me. How you doing? I went, oh, fine, thanks, fine. I said, what do, what do you do on the show? And he went, oh, don't you know? I went, no, no, I don't. And he goes moved a pace or two away from me and he said see if you can work it out i went okay and he went how are you today pat what's your day been like and i realized he's one of the voices that spoke to us when we're sitting in the little hut and he wanted to get feedback and when you see all those cuts of people speaking and everything so he was one of the people who were there so you got to know his voice every day you would speak to these people who you got to know but you didn't realize it was their faces till you saw them at the party and they used their voice in that way <laughs> That's really funny. Tomorrow we've got the first eviction. When you're in there, are you aware that the eviction process is coming up? Or is it something that just goes out of your mind? Not as I remember, no. I think that's that would be a bit hard on people. But equally, there'll be people in there who are very happy to be evicted because they've kind of done their time. They've done a few trials. They've, you know, enjoyed the experience. But now they're thinking, well, I could get a couple of weeks in that hotel. What's not to like? Steak dinner tonight, you know? <laughs> yeah. to, to, are people ready to go by the time they do go? Some people are, absolutely, yeah. Some people really have had enough and think, you know, I've got, I've, I've been paid, I've got my money, I've had the experience and now I can have the best of both worlds and go and sit by the pool and, and have some great food. Do you get paid less if you go out early? Absolutely not. I think there's, I think there's a rule that if you leave on your own accord, within sort yeah. of uh, a few days then you know then then you don't get paid at all i believe but uh, mm. you know i think the rules are is that uh, when you voted out you voted out and that's the way it is i mean i wasn't actually voted out i was in a head-to-head -head challenge with fatima whitbread in my year no vote but i ended up losing it was five all and i lost the the final sort of uh, challenge against her uh, and that was the the day when she had a cockroach that went up her nose and ended up 20 minutes later coming out of her mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah, we all remember that moment, don't we? Gosh. Do you ever speak to Fatima now? Do you keep in, do you keep in touch with her? Huh? Yes, I do. Yeah, I keep in touch with a number of people who we met in our year nice. and um, we made our best friends when we did The Jungle. So uh, I was in the year I was in with Mark Wright and um, Mark's mum and dad um, met Monica, my wife, in the hotel and they're now our best pals and have been for 11 years. So long may the people who are in there together 
uh, be having teas and dinners with Matt Hancock when they all get home. <laughs> Do you know what? We almost got through this show without talking about Matt Hancock. It's been such a Matt Hancock week, hasn't it? It's nice. It's actually nice to things not to be completely focused on him because it has been very much the Matt Hancock show, hasn't it? And that's why it's nice that other people are getting trials now and you're seeing yeah. other people. You, you know, people have realised, I think, that... If you give Matt a trial, he's just going to do well, and that's just going to annoy. Mm. Just going to annoy the people who want him to be uh, sort of frustrated by not doing well or, or seeing him grimace at everything. And as much as he doesn't like some of the things he's had to do, he has got on with it because he's shown. Listen, I come in the show, I'm going to do what this show's all about, and that's what I did in my time. You know, when I got trials, because people thought, oh, I don't know, I'm going to give him a trial. Oh, you know, <laughs> they, they did what they did, and then I did well, and then they stopped giving them to me. Who do you think is going to win? Gosh, that's a trick. One, I would say, uh, my wife and I really think that Jill is has got great potential. Mm. She doesn't do she's a lot, but she's very sweet, and uh, she's uh, you know people love her for what she's done as a lioness, and um, yeah, so you know, good luck to Jill, but good luck to them all. Who knows? You never know. I mean, in my year, I don't know if you remember the winner. The winner was um, Dougie from McFly. Love Dougie, lovely guy. Very handsome guy, in a band, lots of fans. But I think he won because he is a handsome guy from a band who's got lots of fans and they voted for him because they love Dougie. Yeah. He didn't do a lot. Yeah. I don't think he did hardly any trials. He just was a nice guy. Well, I think I think that McFly fan base is a huge one. I mean, if you look, Harry Judd, his his bandmate, won Strictly. I think you know you're really you've really got a tough one when you're going up against somebody from McFly. They've got a very loyal, very loyal following. Giovanna, who is of course Tom's wife, even she won the yes. Jungle. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good point, isn't it? The fan base does spread. One more thing: Do you think Chris might be up for the first eviction, or do you think he's going to stay? It's a tricky one because obviously you're not aware at this stage of anybody as to why they would be voted out, really. I don't think mm. anybody's mm. really ruffled too many feathers. Uh, maybe you get voted for the first eviction because you just haven't got as much popularity as the other ones who are not getting votes. So I don't know. It's just like a numbers game. I think Chris wouldn't be voted for it because he's got a huge fan base and millions yes, of followers on social media and Radio mm -hmm. X listeners love him on breakfast and these original Radio 1 listeners have, have gone with him and travelled with him over the years. And, and he's a very pleasant man. So I would hope that he's not because I think that He's got a lot more to show, and I think if he gets some more trials, I think he's going to get better as he does them. So, you know, good luck to him, and I hope he stays in. Thank you so much, Pat. Thanks Thank a lot, you. guys. Thanks for listening. I'm Katie Hind, and that was Jungle Confidential, the Mail's daily podcast about all things I'm a celebrity. Find us at dailymail.co.uk slash jungleconfidential, Mail Plus, or wherever you subscribe to get your podcasts from. Join us every day for insiders, male experts, former winners, celebrities and insider info you won't hear anywhere else.